for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. to episode 189 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're here to talk about Star Wars. Remember, like always. You remember last week when I was all like, ooh, there's a very, very small chance that we're going to get a trailer tomorrow. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, yeah. we need to get together and record a little bit on Friday, too. Well, yeah, it didn't yeah. happen. And uh, here we are. Still no title. Still no trailer, which honestly doesn't surprise me in the least. Because, well, we got Celebration coming in like two months. Two months from now, Celebration will already be going on. <coughs> so, we just got to hold tight. Steady. 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 Uh, I give up. But we've got a little bit of stuff to talk about this evening, and we're going to try to maybe make it a little quick, because Anthem came out tonight, or is coming out tonight, and your boy Halls and your boy Will, they kind of want to play that game. Itching. Itching to play that game. We'll see how it goes. Um, we got a lot of emails and voicemails. We'll get to as many as we can, as we always do. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. We have a Patreon page where we released a hot fire episode of Oh No, It's Hall Solo with 100% more Will Witten. That's right. It wasn't solo mm. at all. And honestly, I don't think we talked about Star Wars once. I don't think we did. But it was fun. People seem to be enjoying it. Um, mm. So if you want in on those shenanigans and our other Patreon bonus shows, which we post every Monday, you know, shows like uh, Jaws, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, Cooking with Chef Will, Blue Harvest Adventures, and more to come. You can at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. 
And speaking of Patreon, you guys hear this? That's the sound of Blue Harvest swag. That's right. The old UPS guy dropped off Patreon rewards for you guys on Wednesday. And for our backers at the $5 and $10 tier, your rewards will be getting packed up and mailed off this weekend. So be on the look out for those if you've been subscribed for six months. So, uh, and for you, those of you that haven't, they'll be going out as you hit that six month mark. And, uh, I hope you guys dig them. I'm really stoked with how this stuff came out. I haven't sent you a picture of it yet. Have I will? No, not yet. I'll do that right now. Um, I have another thing we need to talk about because a listener of ours hit me up because he was having some technical difficulties with our feed and I looked into it a little bit. He actually emailed us through um, our Bandcamp page where we sell the the, uh, holiday specials for the Kessel Toy Run. Um, But... Uh, man, I had a serious problem. Okay, Neil, Neil, buddy, I'm I'm speaking directly to you because you hit me up that you listen to our show on Podcast Addict on Android, right? And you said that there's an issue where the show starts looping, and like I looked into it, I contacted Podcast Addict. And there's a small thing that I can change on my end that may help. So I'm going to do that. But they said the best idea, this came directly from Podcast Addict, would be for you to contact them because uh, it's it could be some sort of setting with our with your device and the app that's not working well with our feed. And they said, if you contact them, they should be able to get it straightened out for you. And right now, I feel like I did back in like the early 2000s when I worked tech support. So I've it's come to this. Come to directly addressing one podcast listener with a technical issue. Um, and Neil, in future, for future reference, if you have any problems, you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And... I can, like, correspond with you a little more directly there, buddy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just uh, get up with Podcast Addict tech support. And when I I put out the call on our Twitter page to see if other people were having the issue, and some people said that they had had a similar issue, um, but it wasn't as severe as Neil's. They'll be like, yeah, it's weird. Every now and then, uh, it's like... um, a section of the podcast will loop, you know, like like a little five second section will loop, and then it'll go back to normal. So interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard of that before. I haven't either. And it wasn't just with uh, podcast addict, and it wasn't just with our podcast. So I don't know. Um, there's this bitrate setting that I can change on our end. I'm going to try that and see if that fixes it. And otherwise, uh, like I said, if you guys use podcast podcast addict and have had that issue, uh, it sounds like you just need to contact them and they'll help you get it figured out. Alrighty. So, um, we don't have, well, 
I, I hesitate to say we don't have big stuff to talk about this week. I just don't know that we have stuff that we can talk about like for at crazy lengths this week. Right. Um, I'm real bummed that your fucking on demand took a shit on you again this week. Dude, buddy. okay, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, I go to Disney Channel and right. then I go over to the Star Wars Resistance tab. And then it thinks for a second, it says, mm, there's no content under this filter. And I'm like, motherfucker, the last time I came here, there were fucking 16 episodes here for me to watch. So then I go through and I search. I'll do the search. Right. And I go through Star Wars Resistance, go to search. And there are the episodes. And there's even two episodes ahead, I guess, because I can record them when they broadcast, which is what I'll probably have to start doing. Yeah. Uh, and then I went over to the the episode, the newest episode, click watch now. And then it thinks for a second, it tells me, oh, I can't play this. There's an error. Yeah. And then try to set it to record future ones. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to have to. Because, just I th- because this is ridiculous. It happens like almost every week. I feel like the shit is really about to go down. And there's something I want to discuss with you from the last episode that is so cool. Oh, that, man. I wish um, I'd, I'm sorry. It's not like it's it's a theory I've, I've seen going around. But it's it's a really cool theory in my opinion, and it kind of ties into a scene from the Force back in the Force Awakens. The Force back? Oh, the flashback? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's really what it was meant to be, or if if or how people came about this. If it was just some like astute Star Wars detective work. But when I right. saw it, it got me really excited, and I was like, "Ooh, that's cool!" Um, but you know, a, a decent, really good episode, and and I think, if I'm not mistaken, we have four more episodes this season. So, four or five, I'm not quite sure about that, but things are definitely ramping up towards the end, and and it's getting quite close to the actual timeline of the Force Awakens. I'm actually wondering if next week's episode is going to be when we see um, old shitbag Hux's speech from The Force Awakens that we saw in the trailer. Because this one, you know, like we discussed last week, like in the preview clip for this one that aired on Sunday, it's basically like part of the premise is, is... Poe Dameron showing up to pick up BB-8 so they can go to Jakku. So, you know. Yeah. That lines up pretty well with the start of The Force Awakens. So, but let's talk about stuff we can talk about. Uh, It's Rap City in Star Wars land. Everything's wrapping up production. We got word towards the end of last week that... Production on both Episode Nine and The Mandalorian wrapped up their respective productions. Um, there was a little bit more sort of official word about the wrap-up of Episode Nine. <clears throat> the word about uh, The Mandalorian's wrap-up sort of came through the social media posts of like crew members and stuff, and I think they even made or I don't know if they made them, but a, f- a few of them took down their posts. Yeah. But uh, which one of those do you want to talk about first? Oh, I don't know. Your choice. Dealer's choice. Let's do The Mandalorian. So okay. the two sort of most prevalent um, 
post that I've seen going around about the wrap up of the Mandalorian is the one you sent me today, which is the uh, the sort the of helmet. Yeah, I honestly don't think that is supposed to be the Mandalorian's helmet. To me, that looks like someone just went, like someone on the crew went and got a Boba Fett helmet, painted that shit silver, and then took it up there to have the crew sign. You know what I mean? It does not look like the Mandalorian's helmet that we've seen. Because his helmet doesn't have the uh, rangefinder. It doesn't have those, like, uh, I don't know what they're, those arrow sort of decorative imprints right above the middle of the, the visor. That are on both, like it's an arrow pointing to the left and one pointing to the right, mm-hmm. or a triangle. Um, so if I had to guess, this is just like a Boba Fett helmet, sort of painted silver. It's definitely not even the correct color, you know? Yeah. So it's um, clearly just for everyone to ride on. Yeah, but damn, if that's not a cool piece of fucking Star Wars history right there. And if you look on the, um, like looking at the picture, the left hand side of the visor. You can see a bit of a, a sketch of the Mandalorian. And I believe that's Dave Filoni. I believe he sketched that and then signed beside it. Okay. I, I, don't, I was wondering what that was. I don't know that for sure because uh, I don't know what his signature looks like. But, you know, he's sort of known for <laughs> sketching and stuff like that. And um, the head actor, the guy that's playing the Mandalorian... Um, Fuck, how did I forget his name? Pedro Pascal. Uh, mm-hmm. He posted on his Twitter or his Instagram a couple of months back after it was announced that he was cast. He posted a, a sketch of the character that was given to him by Dave Filoni when he was, um, I guess, in talks to be cast in the role. And it looks very similar to that little piece that's drawn on the helmet. Um. And then another one was on Instagram, and this is, it's got like a caption and stuff. It's crew members, and it says, we fought a war to get to the end of the first season. Couldn't have done it without my crew. They held me together. Hashtag the Mandalorian. Hashtag grip life. Hashtag construction. Hashtag blessed. So I guess, given those fucking hashtags, it's pretty easy to figure out they were on like, the grip and construction crew, huh? I mean, that's what surely what it looks like. Yeah. Um, and they are wearing what? Hoodies? Yeah. So as far as I've seen, I have not seen any. Because, you know, there's like, they make up special um, crew jackets and shirts and hats and stuff for all the Star Wars productions. And as far as I know, this is the first example of any of the Mandalorian stuff. And I have never seen a piece of like crew gear or production gear that I want more than that fucking Mandalorian crew hoodie. Because I love hoodies and I love fucking Mandalorians. You love Mandalorians, yep. Oh my God, it's so cool. And you know... You know, there is like a, a sort of high-end secondary collector's market for that kind of stuff, right? Like I did not know that. Yeah, like when I went to Celebration uh, Orlando, there was actually a booth, a vendor, who that was basically all they sold 
was production hats, jackets, shirts, patches, and stuff like that. All very expensive. Very expensive stuff. Um, and, and then, you know, there are these, like, super collectors out here who have, you know, production jackets from Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope and stuff from Return of the Jedi. Like, you know me. I'm after that Blue Harvest stuff from Return of the Jedi. But I cannot foresee a future where that's within my financial means like realistically you know what i mean Um, right the last time i saw a it was one of the patches the blue harvest patches if i'm not mistaken sold for like 1600 bucks oh wow for a woven patch yeah i can't 80s right yeah from 80 i guess it would be like 82 um And I can't imagine, because from what I understand, they did patches, Blue Harvest patches, they did windbreakers, and they did hats. I cannot imagine how much one of the hats or the windbreakers goes for, if a patch goes for 1600 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be on the lookout for that fucking Mandalorian gear. And I don't know if anybody's pointed this one out, if you look, there's a guy all the way over on the left on this picture. And this comes from the Instagram, the underscore Cali underscore Texan. If you guys want to check it out. There's some sort of symbol on one of the arms. You see that on the guy all the way over on the left? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> do you remember a couple of weeks back when we were talking about um, that coin? That executive producer's coin mm-hmm. that John Favreau... The skull that was on the back? Yeah, the rhino-looking skull. I think that's what mm-hmm. that symbol is on their arm. You can kind of see what I feel like is the horn on that skull. So. Yeah, that's definitely possible. I'm still looking forward to seeing what that's all about. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, featured in the show as in like he's gonna be like you see this symbol this fucking the space rhino on my arm right you know what this means passing yeah but i'll be interested to see in like the uh visual dictionary or whatever the hell they do for it what the explanation is behind that should be fun yeah so that's uh that's a wrap first and i i don't know if it's anything to get too excited about but he specifically in that Instagram post references it as season one. Season one. So, <laughs> you know. It means we could have more. That does. Now, you know, uh, this guy's not on like the writing crew or the, the things like that. So who knows exactly what he knows? You know, not trying to be rude here, but like. You know, he. I'm just saying it's not for sure that he knows that there's going to be a second season. I was, I've been wondering if this was going to be more like a mini, mini series type thing. And part of that is because I believe that's how they are framing the Cassian series as being sort of a mini series type thing. And then, you know, the Marvel series that they have coming out, like the one with Loki and the other ones that have been sort of talked about right um 
I think those are all miniseries as well. So I just didn't know if they were going to take that approach with The Mandalorian. I hope not. I hope it's multiple seasons, but that also may just depend on how it performs and how it's received. Right. <clears throat> Dude, I hope it I hope it does well. I hope it doesn't I'm come sure out. it will, man. I can't I don't think it could be bad. I mean, when just you, with who they got attached to it and all that's going on, all, I don't think it could be bad. All the directors, the team behind it, the sort of like I haven't seen much like pushback on it. Granted, you know, I don't know everybody's opinion and I don't really dig into this sort of thing, but I've seen a lot of sort of positivity about this one as far as people's reaction to the little bit that we've gotten so far as far as like pictures and information and stuff. So I just hope that carries over. I mean, there's definitely going to be people that complain or don't like it, but you know, <clears throat> this is uh this is close as I'm going to get to anything Boba Fett probably for a while. So I hope it does well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's gonna speaking of fucking Disney plus streaming <clears throat> series holy fuck were there a, a lot of weird rumors about those this week and as far as I can tell most if not all of them were kind of bullshit right or as far away from being confirmed as possible you know what I mean like Mm-hmm. So rumors just started popping up and so much so that it became a joke for a couple of days where people were like, uh, I'm here to announce that they're going to do RoboCop, a Star Wars story for the Disney Disney Plus streaming service, or mm-hmm. uh, they're going to do Wicket, the Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? Like people were making jokes, like basically yeah. just coming up with ludicrous stuff to say that Disney was going to do for Star Wars on Disney Plus. But like... There were rumors about like uh, a young Leia show. Um, there were rumors about a uh, Akira show from uh, Solo. There were rumors about a show about Rose from The Last Jedi, The Knights of Ren, Captain Fucking Phasma. You know, all this stuff was sort of just coming out and I, I as far as I could tell <clears throat> it was all from the same source initially and I think that was a place called HN Entertainment a okay. site I'm not familiar with previous to this and I saw other people sort of jumping in and being like I haven't heard anything about this or I've heard that there's stuff going around but it's definitely you know it's just suggestions nothing's really moving forward so who the fuck knows and then the one that made the biggest splash came out a couple of days after that and it was rumors that the obi-wan standalone movie was being changed to a disney plus show that would be you know at least six episodes a miniseries so you know this rumored obi-wan movie that we've been talking about for fucking ever now. Right. That appears to maybe have been in contention or early production or pre-production. We don't know until the whole uh, solo debacle of last year. Looks like some people are saying 
that that could be a Disney Plus show. The I would o- totally be okay with that. The thing was, the thing is, is all those ones I listed, I would be okay with all of those. Yeah, for right. For a Disney Plus story or a Disney Plus show. The thing is, is like, I don't know how likely many of them s- sounded like, would I watch a Rose show? Absolutely. Would I watch a Phasma show? Absolutely. Knights of Wren? Absolutely. Young Leia? Absolutely. <clears throat> this one, and I don't know if it's because we know, at least pretty well, it seems like that this Obi-Wan thing was at least being tossed around, if not in sort of some form of development, right? Yeah. But for some reason, that one feels a little more... Not concrete, but possible. That one feels a little more possible to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and hear me out on this. What if, and this is something I've seen people tossing around on um, social media. This week, they announced the first panel for Celebration this year. And that panel yeah. is the 20th anniversary Phantom Menace panel, which is going to be on the last day of Celebration. It's going to be on the Monday of Celebration. Interesting. How fucking badass would it be if fucking... I'm saying fuck a lot. How badass would it be? Well, good thing we have a, uh explicit content warning. I know. I'm just using... I feel like I'm using it even more than normal. But how cool would it be, dude? Like, Phantom Menace panel goes on. They celebrate the 20th anniversary of the movie. We get to see a lot of the cast. They share memories. And then right before the panel is over, they're like, Oh, and one more thing coming in 2020 or 2021 or whenever we're going to be doing an Obi-Wan series on Disney plus with this man right here, Ewan McGregor. That would be perfect. Oh Too my perfect. God. How badass would that be? You'd bring it the fucking be- house down. There'd be people crying. Babies would be conceived in Chicago hotels that night. That's how excited people would be. That's true. Like nine months after Celebration Chicago, babies would be born named Obi-Wan or Ewan. Ewan. <laughs> I hope I hope they end up doing that. <clears throat> I, I feel like, you know, we've talked about it so many times. Like, I want Obi-Wan is like one of my characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you have affinity for Obi-Wan too. I love the Obi-Wan. So, like, an Obi-Wan movie always sounded really cool, but I was just kind of like, how would it feel, though, watching a Star Wars movie solely set on one planet? Because, for me personally, and I know other people are like, well, it doesn't have to be that way. I've always felt that, like, Obi-Wan never left Tatooine. He chilled on Tatooine, watched over Luke, and like thought about the Jedi's mistakes and how they got into the place they were. He was in exile. You right. know? I never got the impression that, you know, maybe Obi-Wan went off on a, a little adventure and made it back in time to watch the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not that that couldn't work in a movie, but I feel like it would work better in a TV show and it would allow them to 
Like, it makes, it to me, with a TV show's budget and stuff, it just makes much more sense, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. I think if I think the Mandalorian is the key to all of this, like the Mandalorian and its success may be what sells everybody on Star Wars doing the rest of these. Yeah. Star Wars TV. Yeah. I, I just wonder if, so as of right now, we have three shows confirmed for Disney plus we have Mandalorian, the Cassie and Andor series, and the seventh season of the Clone Wars, right? Um, right. I have a feeling that we're not getting Mandalorian and the Clone Wars at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I think we'll get one and then the other because they want to stretch out subscriptions. And I just wonder, like, how many of these are we? can we realisti- realistically suspect to see in a calendar year, you know, like, right. So if, if Mandalore, if the Mandalorian is intended to be multiple seasons, right. Does that mean we get the first season this year and the second season next year? And we also get Cassian next year, you know? Um, I mean, if, if they're successful, I don't see why not. Absolutely. But we also have to keep in mind that as much as we want it to be, Disney Plus is not just a Star Wars streaming service or just a Star Wars and Marvel streaming service. I mean, yeah, that's true. They're going to be bringing out a lot of other content, too. So I just wonder, I wonder how much, because like, you know, Netflix has so much original content. They'll just put out stuff at the same time and stuff will come out within days of each other. And, but you know, not all the time, like it's, it's never like one of their big tent poles. Like they're not going to put out, I don't know, daredevil season three, the same day as like stranger things season two, you know, right? like they give their big stuff breathing room. I feel like at least a week or so with each other, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, okay, let's say, hypothetically, we get the Mandalorian for multiple seasons. We get Cassian for a miniseries. Obi-Wan for a miniseries. Clone Wars Season 7. And then whatever else they have in their in the hopper for Disney+. Plus. I just don't know. Um, like, could we be... I'm just wondering, can we get to the point where we have damn near new Star Wars content in some form all year long? And if they do that, is it too much? To me, it wouldn't be too much. I just, I don't know. I think they still don't know what too much is. I think they're still trying to figure out what is too much. Yeah. They, I think, oh, Solo was, you know, a bridge too many. How much is too much? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say this. To me, it's becoming more and more clear that Solo probably should have come out in December. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like. I, I've, you know, I remember seeing people in the lead up to Solo being like, well, they don't want Solo to compete with Mary Poppins Returns. But Mary Poppins Returns didn't do well. So I 
guess I just don't really see how those two would have been competing with each other. You know? Oh, Mary Poppins did okay. I mean, it didn't it didn't do, you know, Last Jedi numbers, but I thought it did okay. Yeah, I did don't know. Did it do know. badly? I, you know, honestly, like, uh, I, I didn't keep up with the box office on that. I just know, like, I don't know that it necessarily did as well as some people were thinking it was going to do, or, I mean, well I, enough. I, uh, no, I mean, I, I get, I get that, I guess. I just thought it did well enough for a musical. You know, I assume musicals don't do spectacular anyway. Oof. It's worldwide total, three hundred and forty-two million. Okay. So that is—I mean—that's a hell of a lot of money. I don't know, you know, its budget or anything. I don't know. So Solo didn't do much better. Solo did three hundred and ninety-two million worldwide. Okay. That and that was considered. Not great, right? But right. you also have to take into account uh, a large reshoot budget. You know, like... Right. So, I don't know. It's hard to figure that one out. <clears throat> I'm trying to see what the budget was. Okay, so the budget for Mary Poppins Returns was $130 million. And I've always heard that if a studio, especially a big studio like Disney spends 130 million on mm -hmm. a movie that they they typically spend at least that in marketing. So that really knocks that budget up to 260. Right. And it made 342. I don't know. I'm not a box office analyst. I just don't think it did as well as some people and who knows really what the hell they know were expecting it to. So all I'm saying is I don't think Mary Poppins and Solo coming out in the vicinity of each other would have been that big of a deal for either movie. I think that's two completely different yeah. target audiences. Yeah. I you, mean, come on. Did you see think, Mary Poppins Returns? I haven't seen it, no. I mean, I'd like to. Um, well, I just know like your dad's a big Mary Poppins guy, right? He really liked Mary Poppins. Right. I was just wondering if you saw it. From and how what it was. I heard, it was critically good. Okay. You know, you know, I don't know. Uh, clearly, I can't tell you whether it was financially good or not, but I heard critically that it was good. You know. Right. But again, it's Mary Poppins. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I can't, I can't fathom who would have been like. You know, that, I just feel like that's <laughs> two completely different audiences. You I know, too. it's going to be parent musical parents and kids that are into musical theater, right? Or really young kids. And honestly, they need to go see Mary Poppins anyway. I don't know that Solo was aimed at eight-year-olds, you know? I'm sure it was to a certain degree. Yeah, in some regards, I feel like maybe Solo was, of the newer movies, the one that would be, like, the easiest for a younger kid to sort of grasp and get into. Yeah. In some ways. Like, you know, I don't... And this is not a knock against Rogue One or The Last Jedi. I like both movies. I like The Last Jedi quite a bit more. But I don't know that either of those movies are... Like, <clears throat> just trying to think back, right? To four-year-old Halls sitting on that green shag couch watching Star Wars for the first time. 
I don't know had I seen Rogue One or The Last Jedi first, if those would have roped me in like A New Hope did, you know? Yeah. Or, or like Return of the Jedi did. So, you know, it's, I don't know. I just feel like maybe for a younger audience, maybe Solo was a little more geared towards him because it's like, you know, it's a little, it's got some humor, a little more humor in it. And like, I don't know. I wish I had friends that had kids sort of in that age to know like Mm -hmm. which, what they think of the new star Wars movies, as far as like which ones resonate with them. I think, uh, the force awakens probably like the perfect star Wars movie to show a kid in that age range, you know, cause it's so fast paced. I feel like it would do a good job keeping their attention. It's also got some humorous elements and cool fight scenes and characters and stuff, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. Um, so, do you want to talk about the other thing that wrapped episode nine? Yeah, yeah. Fucking six months, six months of fucking shooting on episode nine. Because let me look at, at old JJ Abraham's Twitter real quick. JJ Abraham. JJ Abraham. One of our founding cinematic fathers mm-hmm. dude if if i did like a um a rushmore a rushmore of like directors that have been involved with shit that i enjoy jj abraham would be on there oh yeah you'd be going to the jj abraham memorial so yeah april 1st or august 1st jj abrams tweets bittersweet starting the next chapter without carrie but thanks to an extraordinary cast and crew, we are ready to go. Grateful for Ryan Johnson and special thanks to George Lucas for creating this incredible world and beginning a story of which we are lucky to be a part. Hashtag nine. And then six days ago, uh, February 15th. So like six and a half months later, it feels impossible But today we wrapped photography on episode 9. There is no adequate way to thank this truly magical crew and cast. I am forever indebted to you. And the picture is Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac hugging it out. Oscar Meyer. And, uh... It's so sad. It is sad, man. Like, because of the faster production of this sequel trilogy, you know, basically getting the whole trilogy in a span of four years by the time nine comes out, you know, starting with the force awakens in 2015. And then four years later, we're done in 2019. Like it feels like it's, it's over so fast. Like the, our time with these new characters is already done. It's already done. You know, we had, you know, two extra years basically with the prequels. Started in 20 or 1999, finished in 2005. <clears throat> um, but yeah, man. Now, a thing we're going to all want to keep in mind 
there will be reshoots on this movie. There are going just to, like there are on every movie. Yes, but certain people are going to try to make it sound like it's a goddamn disaster. Oh my god, episode nine's going to be all awful. They're doing reshoots. Nah, there's reshoots. This is not a fucking uh, Chris Lord and Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Lord and Miller, or Gareth Edwards situation where. They're doing reshoots because, you know, they're not stoked with what the director's doing. This, if I had to guess, these were planned out in advance, you know, as part of the schedule. Right. But when the stories come out that episode nine reshoots are taking place, don't let people get you freaked out about it. Other than that, what do you think of the picture? Sweet. Sweet and sad. It gives a little costume confirmation to the yeah those leaked leak. pictures that came out yeah and we get a little look at Finn who we didn't see in those leaked pictures which looks cool I like his like longish hair you know what I mean yeah I remember do you remember I don't know if we talked about it but it seems like I don't know if it was this time last year or maybe last summer like one of the things. We were talking about other podcasts were talking about was how John Boyega was talking about how his hair was going to be different in episode nine. And everybody's like, that means there's got to be a time jump. Yeah. And we're getting a look at what it, how it is different. Not a whole lot, but enough to, enough to be different. I mean, I think it looks good. I do too. Um, Slightly reminiscent of um, Billy D. I like his. What little bit of we can see of his outfit, it doesn't look like he's wearing his jacket from The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. It almost looks like he's got like a brown long sleeve shirt with a, a like a lighter colored brown vest over it. Yeah. Um. Yo, is Oscar Meyer crying? Oh fuck, Oscar Isaac crying in that picture. Oscar it sure Meyer. looks like he either is or is about to. Bruh. We support Oscar Isaac here at the Blue Harvest Podcast. What a dude. Yes, we do. Um, another little detail is you can see Ray's staff. Do you see that right behind Oscar's? Oscar Ray's Isaac's. Staff. You know, her staff that she carries around? You can see the end of it. Look just, oh, I can. Yep. So, Ray's still toting that thing around. Yes, she is. What? You think that's Jakku that they're back on, or you think it's Tatooine? I don't know. So, that's that's the big question, isn't it, from this picture? Mm-hmm. Is that... Okay, I honestly don't think it's going to be a new desert planet that we haven't seen yet. I could, yeah, I don't either. I could be fucking so wrong here in 10 months, you know? I could be the wrongest boy on the planet. I just think, why? Why would you make yet another desert planet? When, if you want a desert planet, you use Tatooine, Jakku, or even Jeddah. You know? Right. And we know they filmed in Jordan. (coughs) And Jordan was originally sort of scouted to be a location for Jakku in Episode 7. Um, and they ended up going with Abu Dhabi. 
We also know that back when Colin Trevorrow was still on board for episode nine, someone who played an extra on Jakku in an interview said, we're hearing that Star Wars is coming back to Abu Dhabi to film episode nine. Now that was before J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio took over the script and J.J. took over directing the movie. So who knows if that idea was thrown out or if... I And honestly, I don't even know what we'll know. Will they, w- did they use any of Trevorrow's story ideas, you know? Yeah. Like... How much of his script made it to the final? Right. If any. We know, like, you know... Michael Arndt was originally brought on to write episode seven. Couldn't really get going in the time they needed, so they brought on J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan to write the script. But some of the elements, at least some of the elements of Michael Arndt's stuff made it into the movie. So I wonder if there's going to be a similar situation, or I wonder if they started completely from scratch. Um. What do you think? Do you think this is Tatooine? Do you think this is Jakku? I, I just uh, don't know. I I have no idea why they would go back to Tatooine. Right. Um, they may go... I mean, the only real reason to go back to Jakku seems to, I don't know, make it full circle. Unless Ray figured the best thing to do was to go back into hiding and Jakku was the last place they would look again. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I don't know, man. Like... Honestly, Tatooine and Jakku, I cannot, just off the top of my head, give you a good reason to go to either one of these. You know? Like, why would... And and obviously, I'm not writing the movie. If I was writing the movie and I had this... uh, You know, there's surely a way you can come up with it. It's just I can't come up with one off the top of my head. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if anything comes. Or if if that is Tatooine or Jakku, why? <sighs> We're going back to either of those places. Do you remember back in the day just being like so certain? At least I was. After that first teaser where we see Finn pop up on the sand planet, I was like, shit, there's Tatooine. Yep. All of, I think all of us thought that. Yeah, I, I I honestly feel like that was probably a pretty common thought. As soon as everybody saw a desert planet, they were Tatooine. Right. Right, right. But it wasn't Tatooine. I also remember when I think it was the Star Wars Celebration Anaheim panel where uh, they revealed that it wasn't Tatooine. It was a planet called Jakku. I remember being like, I'll be damned. A new desert planet, huh? What's the purpose and all that? And then we saw that fucking incredible Chewie We're Home trailer. Right. Still, in my opinion, the best of the Disney era Star Wars trailers. I mean, it doesn't get any better. I mean, that's probably one of the most nostalgic moments in that movie. Well, just not just that, like... Okay, yes, it's hard to beat the final moment of your trailer being seeing Han Solo and Chewbacca together again after 40 years, 30-something years, and the delivery of the line, Chewie, we're home. 
as the final moment in your trailer, hard to beat that. But also the imagery of the crash star destroyer on Jakku, seeing that for the first time was incredible. Um, True. Just lots of cool stuff to see, you know? <clears throat> All right, buddy. I think that's it as far as sort of news. Do you have anything to add about the rap picture with the cast? No, okay. I don't. Just sad. I mean, it just brings up sadness for me. I hope we get more with these characters, you know? like I hope so, too. And I hope it doesn't take too long. Like, whether it's movies that aren't movies or a movie that aren't considered episode 10, 11, or 12 the feature of those characters, or another trilogy, 10, 11, 12. I hope we see these characters again before too long, after episode 9. I know we haven't even gotten episode 9, but I am going to miss these characters. Uh, I mean, I feel like we've been growing close to them this mm -hmm. whole time. Mm -hmm. And you actually brought up something before we were recording that I think is an excellent point, and it is something I want to see in episode nine as well. Do you want to share that with our good listeners? Yeah, I was just honestly saying, I hope episode nine kind of brings the three of them together in a kind of like a solidified posse way, mm -hmm. because in the original Star Wars, you know, I I know that Han and Leia and Luke are all off doing their own thing for most of the most of the movies, but you still get this feeling that they're all connected, the three of them, very yeah. closely connected. And you don't have and you have I mean you have a little bit of that, but it's not quite as strong in this new cast. I guess what? because of everything they've had to do. <coughs> and certain relationships between the characters are stronger than the the kind of the all of it, the three of them. Yeah, for sure. Like like I was telling you, we get to me you know, we get that tight bond bef between Finn and Poe. I think their sort of relationship and how they play off of each other is really cool. And we get it with Finn and Ray and how they play off of each other and their relationship with each other is really cool. But you're right. Yeah. I want to see our three quote-unquote mains. And I don't need it for the whole movie, but I would like some sort of showing them having a bond together, especially if it's going to be like a year after episode eight where you could establish that because you know poe doesn't meet ray until the end of episode eight <clears throat> you know yeah so that gives them the time to sort of bond and become closer I, and then they're like mm, i've heard about you yeah and honestly i think we will get that especially if this this picture is any evidence like Obviously, this picture isn't from a scene in the movie, but it makes me think they were at least shooting together. You know, they're all on set together. Yeah. So, I hope we get that too, buddy. All right, you want to do some uh, emails and some voice yes, messages? Please. All right, let's listen to a little inspirational song. Little ditty. Key a D. Key a D. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? 
He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Luhurt! Cockhead! Harsberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Kia D! Cockhead! Cockhead! I don't know if I was supposed to, but I was not able to hear that. Okay, good to know. Let's get that sorted out before we jump into voicemails. All right. Technical difficulties at Blue Harvest Studios this evening. Fucking Windows updates. Skype not wanting to cooperate. Our first voicemail is from Jim. Machine gun out some hate. 1993, director Rennie Harlan, jealous of Sly Stallone, made him look like a fool in Cliffhanger, an American classic. Came in with a straight face for that. Uh, in, in the final scene, after the line flawlessly executed by John Lithgow, stick around and pull Sly on the bottom of that upside-down helicopter hanging off the cliff. Rennie Harlan edits it in such a way that seems Sylvester Demolition Man Stallone screams like a girl. The audacity. <clears throat> and uh, I got something to say to that brilliant SOB, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, none of us are 100% sure on how to pronounce your middle name, bro. Just go by Neil Tyson. No one's going to think you're Mike Tyson's brother. Now, I knew he had problems with the movie Gravity, and I love him, but uh, I, I didn't know he had talked shit about Star Wars until a dude fucked that guy from Johnny Grasso in Rogue One, a podcast for winners, But uh, and I'm probably listening to that too much. Um, so here we go, Neil Tyson. The TIE Fighters make noise. We can hear it because we're the audience, and it's awesome. Stormtroopers don't get all pumped up to the Imperial March because they don't hear it, except that once. Um, also, Neil Tyson says if you absorb a star inside a planet, the planet will explode. Well, technology, okay? We, he, he said the power of one sun could eliminate thousands of planets, not just a few. Well, there's enough energy in one glass of water to power Las Vegas for a day, according to some shitty Keanu Reeves movie. That doesn't mean they're advanced enough to utilize all of it. And I'm sure there's a lot of waste. So uh, King Tom, who I'm sure is in a back to tank right now, recovering, was actually mistaken for once. But uh, I think the truth will ease his anger with the editors of Return of the Jedi. What you were hearing as a child and I'm sure it still bothers you to this day, um, was not lobster sounds, kind sir. It was a different crustacean, a crab, okay? I only noticed the difference because I was born and raised in Maryland, you know, the same place Rian Johnson was born, but he left there as a baby, so he's not as cool as the rest of us Marylanders. Uh, also, his birthday is December 17th, the day before mine. You know who shares my birthday? Steven Spielberg, Brad Pitt, DMX. <laughs> Say what you will about the letters, but my license plate and the letters, the first three, were DMX for a while. And whenever I had, every once in a while when I'd walk out of the car, I'd catch it out the corner of my eye, and I'd hear in my head, and uh, change my whole outlook on shit for the day. So, But anyway, Darth Vader is a crab person, King Tom. 
Crab people walk like crab, crab talk people. like Taste people. Like <laughs> people. Taste like crab, <laughs> look like people. But uh, I know now what Luke was thinking while he was cooking, I mean, uh, burning his father. Oh, my God. Damn, my dad smells delicious. Oh, shit. Ignite the game. And so you're telling me the end of Return of the Jedi was just a giant crab boil? That would be something. That I think a that's dude, a bake. Crab, crab bake. bake. Ah. Well, that would be something a dude from Maryland would. They love crabs up there, right? That's like yep, a big thing. Old, they love the old bay on their crabs. I have, I've, I have family that live in Maryland, and man, do they love a good crab boil. Now, down here, we're like, crabs, eh, get, some, get us some crawfish. Crawfish boil. Crabs become more prevalent the further down you make it on the coast. Oh, I mean, I dig crab, but I just think it's more um, common that if there's going to be like a throwdown like that around here, it's crawfish, right? Oh, yeah, definitely more common. <laughs> if they're in season. I will say... Um, Jim, I hope you, you do a better job paying your taxes than DMX. Um. Yeah, right. Or, like, taking care of your kids. I saw him on an episode of Yanla Fix My Life, and he did not have two fucks to give about his kids. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. and I was like, oh, that's really kind of sad. Yeah, I don't know much about DMX. Um, you know, post. Stop! Drop! Set him out and open up shop! You know he shut him down and opened up shop, but after that, I'm not quite sure what else happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotta pay those taxes. Um, what was the movie he was talking about? Oh no, D Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson shits on everything. I mean, I love the guy and his wealth of actual astronomical knowledge, but I don't need him to tell me where the scientific fallacies are in every sci-fi movie because that's gonna be the entire fucking sci-fi movie. You know even so like let's say it's like gravity was made especially for him i i was like one of the close like tried to adhere as closely to the reality of what space travel and existence is really like and he still picked that apart you know right to the nth Look, degree like you can't make the man happy with anything you gave him gravity and he tore that shit apart so if if i'm gonna listen to someone talk about fucking black holes and mirror universes and astrophysics and things that are way beyond my comprehension, then I'm going to listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson. But if Him I'm gonna or the Japanese guy, and I forget his name. I know that's not cool. I should have looked it up. But there's another like astrophysicist oh, yeah. guy over there. I, I can't remember his name, but he's very well-spoken and easy-to-understand concepts. You know what I mean? Um, I'll, you know, if, if I want that stuff, I'll go to one of those guys. If I want uh, fucking to talk about space movies with lasers and laser swords and fucking badass shit then yeah he's not gonna be my go-to guy and maybe <laughs> maybe neil degrasse tyson you should worry about fucking astrophysics and not creeping on ladies and not shitting on star wars yeah right <clears throat> like all that bad stuff coming out now why don't you figure out why that asteroid umuramura was shaped like uh, an intergalactic. How did I know? Turd. How... So, can I ask you something? Sure. Do you think that was... So okay, so let's try to give briefly 
some sort of update because I I didn't follow this 100% but I saw it like there was an oddly shaped object that passed in front of the sun a few months back mm-hmm. right right and it it did not have like your typical shape and mass and trajectory of a asteroid or a meteor or a comet right right and one of the theories that was posted out there was like maybe it was some sort of alien probe right that was one of the things that came out <clears throat> someone proposed right what do you think do you think it's is that is that the camp you fall in that uamamoramora uh, was an alien probe here okay i will go through the 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 deets of what i know about it mm-hmm. and we'll go from there uh i know it's a very oblong shaped like a pen you know it's almost cylindrical like kind of space dildo space yeah there you go um i can't believe you, you agree with that you don't really see such phallic shapes in space most things have come into contact with something else or were broken off from a larger chunk you see big rocky asteroidy you know non-symmetrical things but very rarely do you see this conical phallus shape in space like you don't don't see that in space objects usually something traveling through space and the forces that happen to it you know it's not going to leave an object of that shape now from what i remember in reading of it is that it entered our it entered our solar system basically from the top you know a, a lot of like uh comets you know they are in our basically on our same plane, our same x-axis, basically, if you're doing a, a graph. Um, this came in from way up high on the z-axis, like came basically came from the top down into our solar system, and then our sun's gravity caught it and put it in our solar system plane, you know, the same plane that gravity has everything on. So that's odd, first of all. Usually, I mean, that's the indicator that it came from somewhere else. I mean, that's why it's named Oumuamua the Visitor, because it clearly came from somewhere else. It's really the first intergalactic visitor orbiting you know, body that we know of. Um, and I don't know that our sun's gravity impacted it significantly enough that it'll make a return trip. I think it altered it so that its, its trajectory looks like an L shape. Came in from the top and then left going out on our plane. Um, I'm sure at some skew that's going to take it out of our solar system's gravity at some point, but... Is it possible it came from another solar system? Yes. Is it? Mm, probably not. Again, Occam's razor, the most, the simplest explanation is the most likely. I mean, the simplest explanation, it's space dirt that went through or crashed into something and it's just coming through space, came from another solar system and is exiting currently on its way, exiting ours. Uh, it's tr- It's path, I believe it's tumbling end over end. Which is another odd part. Hmm. You would think... I don't know if it had been struck or something that it would be, I don't know, traveling in the most aerodynamic, like like a pen, you know, like a ship, like just traveling in that cigar shape. But I, I believe it's tumbling end over end, which means it might have come into contact with something else, but I, you know... That seems like a frail shape not to have shattered it. Again, all incredibly interesting. 
and for as you know the good as look as we got from it i don't know that it was that in-depth analysis okay let me ask you something else totally possible it's a probe though if you were going to send a probe <coughs> what would you make it out of i mean the, the two things that are going to survive interstellar space are metal and rock and i mean if you, it's I mean, the usn bong that's is that it how that is that how that happened their ships are like made out of asteroids okay they're like well i like, mean like made out of biomechanical stuff i believe yeah, I mean that's the the aliens from Alien, you know the xenomorphs, the creator race, not the, oh, the engineers, but the the engineers. You know, all their ships are basically rock. That rocks. Hard rock. Like um, let me ask you something. Okay. Let's say within our lifetime, we are visited by aliens, right? Okay. Let's say you wake up one morning and like the internet is so awash with news and information that it's like slow and hard to use. Like people are flipping out and you find out that the reason they're flipping out is aliens have touched down and have made contact. Aliens are real. Holy fuck. Blah, blah, blah. What's your first reaction? What's the first thing you think? Do you think, fuck yeah. Or do you think, uh-oh? I think, uh-oh, here comes the culling. You think so? Here comes the worldwide purge, yeah. I say, I'm glad I'm not the only one, because I would be a little because worried at first. here's the thing. You said in our lifetime, there's not a fucking good thing going on good on this planet that other intergalactic intelligent life would want to interact with or be a part of. Well, they could be stopping by to be like, look, you guys need to uh, chill the fuck out. You know, they could if be stopping they hadn't by. If cared with... up until now, they're not going to care now. I mean, maybe they maybe they just showed up. You know, we don't know. Maybe. Secondly. OK, if if <coughs> if there were intergalactic philanthropists, democratic intergalactic philanthropists, we would have been involved by now. I mean, we're already Maybe. spacefaring. We're branching out to other, you know, planets in our solar system. Maybe there is a stipulation where you have to breach faster than light travel or travel to more than one solar system to be brought in. But we're currently taking the baby steps and polluting space, you know, like. Well, how could it like why couldn't it be the case that like somewhere in another galaxy, there's a civilization that's more advanced than us, but not like fucking star wars more advanced than us and like vulcan they're just now getting to the milky way and they're just now discovering us i'm not talking about a situation where they've been like fucking I, I, flying well, by and watching us for centuries this is best case scenario i know i'm saying base case, say, I mean, very best case scenario. i know sometimes i like to look at things half full half full that's like I mean, and this comes directly back to what I'm saying about the planet. Best case scenario, we're looking at two degree climate increase worldwide in the next hundred years. That's going to happen. Worst case scenario is four. I mean, the, if we took steps now to keep it at two, that's still damn near catastrophic. If we continue on this whole thing of fuck it, it's not my problem. 80 years from now, the planet's going to be plus four degrees and certain parts of it are going to be toxically unlivable. Not toxically, but like heat-wise, unlivable. Okay. 
So, back and to then the aliens. With aliens. Why would they? Why would they? I mean, they would come and stop us, maybe. But would we listen to them, or? Oh, I'm not. Or s- would they? I'm not saying we would be listen to just them. to like wipe us from the planet and take our shit. Okay, Mister Positivity here. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I were exploring the universe and I came across a planet and I was like, oh man, they need to fix some stuff. I know how to fix that. I'm going to stop by and give them some advice. I think I would do that. So why can't there be other aliens like me? Really? Why not? Okay. Your neighbors have their dogs chained up in the backyard. I would call, uh, bro. You're not going to go over there and offer some friendly advice on how to not abuse your dog. Dude, you how do you think your neighbor's going to take that? You know, you know 100% this is the wrong analogy for the wrong dude. Because if my neighbor is abusing an animal and I know what's going on, you know this fucking bleeding heart animal lover is going to do something about it. I I, know. I had a week long spat of depression because I met a uh serval cat at a petting zoo at the Alabama State Fair. And I couldn't stop thinking about like, how much do you think they would ask for if I was like, let me just buy this cat from you guys. That was me. Okay. But we're getting off track here. What I really wanted to ask you is, let's say aliens show up and they're not friendly. Do you join the resistance against the aliens? Of course. Me too. Me too. John Connor, all the way. I don't know... Just to be completely real, I don't know how useful I could be to the resistance against the aliens. Like, if aliens show up and start try to fuck with us, we're talking about, like, maybe one of the only things that could unite the world together. Like, holy shit, we need to do something about this. I don't know what use I could be, but I would damn, I would be like, I don't know, do you guys need a podcast? To keep everybody informed, I mean, I would do whatever could, I could. You could keep up resistance radio, like you would run <laughs> the resistance radio. You'd be the guy on there talking about sending the secret messages. First day of the meeting, they're like, "Okay, we need to know what we should call ourselves," and everybody's like, uh, "The United Earth Federation of Warriors." And I raise my hand. Uh, can we? What about the Rebel Alliance? Okay. The Rebellion. That's from Star Wars. We need something else. And then I raise my hand. What about the Resistance? Also from Star Wars. We need, come on. Uh, how about George, George Lucas's favorite, favorite people? George Lu- Lucas. Lucas's army. <clears throat> Maybe they'd let me drive a tank or something. I don't know. All right. Let's move on. Let's move because- on. Because... You know, let's say I get killed in the resistance war. I mean, why not? I I'm gonna die anyway. I'm I'd rather die running headlong into the into the fray. The alien fray. Cattle. See, the thing yeah. is, is like <clears throat> the smart money is probably to hide, hide deep within the earth, like to scavenge and hide. Like that's probably where your survival bet is at. But I don't know that I could do. That. I would have to fight. Yeah, I don't know, man. I would hope I could at least be something like a a Randy Quaid in Independence Day. Not oh, a, yeah, I just hope that we could mount a defense. 
Not a Randy I Quaid hope in that real it life. Be a steamroller. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be a Randy Quaid in real life. Then you commit crime and run run to Canada. Yeah, because you think the Hollywood Illuminati is trying to kill you or some shit. Yeah. That poor dude. Well, I'm not saying. Eh, I take that back. That dude. I'm gonna take poor out of there because. Who knows what the hell's going on in him? All right, we got a voicemail from Jacoby. That took a turn. It sure did. That that email Hello took a Hoss turn. Will. It's Jacoby here again. So last week, Haas, you were wondering if I go by H Jacoby or Jacoby. So H Jacoby is my Twitter handle, and Jacoby is just a nickname that my gran- grandmother gave me, but my given name is Jacob, so you can call me whomever you want. So about my last week's email, uh, Will, you were right on the money with your, your uh, calling it a positivity sandwich better than a criticism sandwich. That, that does have a lot more positive, positive spin on it, and I think I'm going to go with that from now on. But um, I really liked the point where you said that Star Wars is great at making these relatable characters. And for me, you know, I'm right there with you. Luke was the guy that I identified with. Um, I may live in Portland now, which is, you know, kind of a bigger city in Oregon, but I grew up in a small farm town um, about an hour outside of Portland. So I was that kid that was kind of like, you know, I I identified with Luke. I I identified with the person that was kind of uncool and kind of whiny and always wanted to do something more with her life, you know, always looking out to the horizon and dreaming of adventure and getting out to the big city. And speaking of experience now that I live in a bigger city, I kind of wish I was back in that small farm town in a more simpler time. But anyway, yeah, Luke, Luke Skywalker is my dude. Uh, Haas, I'm glad to see that you and I have similar tastes in the meat. That's probably not appropriate. (laughs) Anyway, so what I wanted to talk about this week is that J.J. Abrams posted on his Twitter that principal photography has wrapped on episode 9. So I want to ask you guys, what type of ending or what type of finale do you want to see uh, in this movie? I'm thinking of, I just watched uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy recently and finished watching Return of the King night before last, so for me, Saturday night. And even though the movie takes about 20 minutes to finally wind down and end after the huge climactic battle at the Black Gate, I actually really enjoy it because we've spent so much time with these characters and we're given an opportunity to kind of see each character have their closing arc. Um, so that's kind of what I would like to see in in episode nine at the end. I, I really don't think we'll have you know a 20 minute closing ceremony with each of our characters but i kind of would like to see halfway through the movie be the big climactic battle and then the last 15 minutes or so of the movie kind of be this slow satisfying wind down and payoff for all of our characters rather than just a quick two minute montage of celebration at the end i kind of like a more feeling of finality and closure if this is supposed to close out the entire saga of nine movies. So for you guys, I'm asking the both of you, how do you want this saga to end? What type of finale are you looking for in episode nine if it is, in fact, going to close out the Skywalker saga? So anyway, interested to hear what you guys think. I really enjoy the podcast, guys. I'm going to keep coming back because it's just something I really enjoy listening to. So you guys keep on 
keep it on. I really mean it. You guys, you guys rock. One of my favorite Star Wars podcasts out there. Um, to our Blue Harvest friends and family, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. This is Jacob from Portland. Punch it out. Thanks, buddy. Um, what do you think, Will? What do you What do you want from the ending of episode nine? Okay, here we go. This is a good email. Good question. Um, uh, okay, Ray's going to have to resolve some sort of conflict with Kylo Ren. Right. I don't know how it's going to go down. I mean, it's, it could go down in many ways, but she's going to tr- try to redeem him one last shot, and he's either going to redeem or he's not. And if he won't, he'll be destroyed. Maybe even not by Ray. Maybe even by his own rage. Okay. That's a prediction, though. That's not what I want to see. I want to see Ren. I want to see Ray. I want to see Ray and Kylo's conflict resolved. I want to see the First Order and the Rebellion's conflict. I don't think it's going to be resolved, but I want to see where it goes. I want to see it mature. Because I kind of feel like the First Order stomping a mud hole in the Resistance. Right. Right, and, uh, and then I want to see their character arcs wrap up nicely. Yeah, not even not you know, not I don't need them to all be hero. I want to see good story arcs. Right, which mean maybe not 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 everybody has the heroic general ending. You know, so I don't know if I would want necessarily like fifteen minutes at the end where we just see everybody sort of slowly wrapping up. Um, that kind of feels very Lord of the Rings to me. Right, which was his his example. And I feel like it does work for Lord of the Rings partially because that's an uh, adaptation of those books. Not, you know, right. not 100% faithful, but it's very in line with how Return of the King as a book wraps up, you know? Um, but just from like a style standpoint, like the kind of movies star Wars movies are, I don't know if that meshes too well, but for me, I want the story of the sequel trilogy resolved, meaning like the Kylo of it all, the first order of it all wrapped up Ray, Finn, Poe, Leia, Luke, you know, all our characters to have a satisfying ending. I want that feeling like one of the feelings things I like best at the end of return of the Jedi is even though it's brief and it's such a brief part of the movie, you get the feeling that like everybody's happy and like now people can like rest after years of conflict fighting this, you know, diabolical evil in the galaxy. They can finally like breathe you know what I mean? And like cut right. loose and have a good time dancing with some Ewoks. Yeah. And I don't know that I the, need the like future looks bright, right? That's what I want. I want the future to look bright, but I also just from a personal standpoint really would love if there is the tiniest crack, the tiniest door left open for more story, you know? Um, yeah. I would also like a general idea of what these characters are going to do after episode nine and i think we got that in return of the jedi you know it, they didn't spell it out they're not like well this this and this is going to happen but you had a general idea luke is going to pass on what he's learned he's you know he's going to <coughs> you know 
he's the only Jedi left. He's going to continue on the legacy of the Jedi. So I would like, you know, that for Rey. Uh, Han and Leia are going to be together, and Leia is going to help rebuild the Republic. You know, that's just the general idea you get. I would like there to be some sort of general idea of what our characters are going to be up to after this, you know? Right. I think we'll probably get that in the trailer. Yeah, I don't know about in the trailer. That would be awfully, I mean, that would be a lot to give away, you know, at the end, like give away what our characters are going to be up to after this movie you're going to see. But I mean, I would like some. I think sort we'll of get idea. the gist. I'd be just feel like, depending on what we see them doing, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I I just um. I don't know. I just uh. Besides hoping that they leave some, possible door open. Granted, you could say that Return of the Jedi it doesn't really seem like there's a door left open for a sequel to that. Say- there doesn't really seem like a door open at the end of Return of the Jedi. There doesn't. I mean, the, the, you know. the end of The Last Jedi is really the ending you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is that if you think about it. More That there's hope, that there's something else, that these kids have a story, that there's there's more story. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, you know, if... Like I said, if they leave us with a feeling that Ray is going to continue on the Jedi Order after Episode Nine, to me that's leaving it open enough for a, a further story, you know? Yeah. Because if there's a Jedi Order, a Jedi Order is always going to have something that opposes them, you know? So it it could be something as simple as that. But uh, I'll be interested to see. I am really interested to see. Me too. Um. Okay, we have another voicemail. This is a first-time voicemailer. The name of my voice recording is where I was driving by when I hit the record button. Weird. First time doing one of these. Hope it's not terrible. Mark. And this is from Mark. Good morning, Will and Hawes. It's morning where I am. I'm on my way to work right now, which blows. President's Day. I work in the automotive industry, so we get shit for days off. But uh, I hope you guys are doing well, and uh, um, this is the first time I've done one of these, like, voice emails, but uh, I thought I'd give it a shot. I've actually recorded, like, seven or eight of them, but I've never sent them in because I I was rambling too much. <laughs> uh, first off, I just wanted to give uh, the uh, Blue Harvest Patreon uh, podcast, or, uh, you know, the, Blue, the Patreon feed a plug. Because it is awesome. I mean, that I'm subscribed to Steel Wars and uh, also the Making Star Wars Patreons, but uh, I really think you guys have the most diverse content and uh, the most entertaining content. Um, don't get me wrong, uh, both those other, you know, Steel Wars and, and uh, Making Star Wars, I, I appreciate that uh, they've got. No, no commercial feed and everything, but uh, y'all's, especially, and for any of you guys listening out there to Blue Harvest, check out the Patreon feed just one month, and go listen to the uh, Adventures episodes where they're doing the Star Wars role-playing game. It is so fucking good. I, uh, I'm a modeler, 
and I'm building, uh, right now I'm building the big uh, studio scale Diagostini Millennium Falcon. I've done other models, uh, other studio oh, scale good. stuff like Y-Wing, uh, Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. It's, and I've been, I mean, I've been doing that for a few years now. Um, and you guys, all, I, I, that's what I do while I'm building models. I listen to podcasts. But um, it's just one of my favorite things. And I'm just right there with you guys in it, and it's so cool. I absolutely love it. From Rob's uh, DMing to y'all's just crazy ideas. There's so many times where I was like, oh, they're fucking dead. <laughs> There's no way they're going to make it through this. And you do. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Anybody who's listening, definitely check it out. Well, I'm sorry. I haven't listened to any of the Cooking with Will yet. And I need to because I love cooking, too. Uh, so I, I, that's on the it's on the books, and I only got so much time. Um, the other reason I'm calling in or writing in or whatever you call this is uh, oh fuck I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> See here we go. <laughs> this is why I deleted my other ones. Oh I remember. There's a rumor that the Millennium Falcon is gonna be sporting a new uh, radar dish. Like nothing we've seen before. Uh, like it's supposed to be six-sided, so hexagonal, I guess. But you know, as kind of a tradition now, as the Millennium Falcon loses its radar dish ever since Return of the Jedi. But what I thought would be kind of a funny thing, and uh, is. That if, unfortunately, well, it wouldn't be funny, but if it happened, I guess this would be a funny way to deal with it. If the Millennium Falcon gets blown up for whatever reason, which I don't think they're going to do. I used to think that was what they were going to do, like, they're going to just, it's going to be over. But it just doesn't make any sense to blow that ship up at this point. hope they give it to, like, Lando. I'd love to see, like, Lando and Chewie fly off for, like, further adventures in the Millennium Falcon. I mean, does everything have to fucking go badly, you know, I mean, or I guess not badly, but I just, I hate it that, I hate that, like, characters are, like, used as emotional bait, and, but so, wait, back to my point, Millennium Falcon gets destroyed, and there's a scene, like, uh, in Indiana Jones and, uh, The Last Crusade, right after, you know, he's on the, um, the tank at the end, and the tank goes over the cliff, but he jumps off right at the last minute, and, uh, you don't see that for a minute. The, the heroes are at the cliff looking over, thinking that Indiana Jones is dead, and then he walks up, and he's like, yeah, look, we, we got him. And everyone's happy. It's great. And then he falls over, and right at the last minute, his hat rolls, and then he loses while he's on the tank. His hat rolls up and lands in front of him. But uh, I just thought that, like, it'd be funny if somehow... You see the Falcon blow up, and our heroes or something are right there, and, like, the radar dish just kind of rolls up and lands in front of everybody. That's, like, it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just had to tell somebody that shit. I hope it was as funny for you as it was in my head. But um, I hope you guys are doing well. Again, all you listeners out there, check out the Blue Harvest uh, Patreon feed. It is awesome. I love it. I love all of it. Oh, and uh, actually, it led me to check out Your Creepy by Jessie and her friends. I can't remember the other girl's name. 
but that's really cool too. So yeah, learning stuff, experiencing new podcasts. All right, guys, take it easy. Well, thanks for the Patreon plug, buddy, and thanks for checking out You Creepy. I'll pass that along to Jesse and Rebecca. I'm sure they'll be glad to hear that. <clears throat> um, dude, I'm with him. I hope they don't blow up the Millennium Falcon in Episode Nine. I hope so too. Like they've kept it for this long. I realize, like, to me, going into the sequel trilogy, I realized we're probably going to see some, if not of all, of our most beloved heroes finally die. You know? Yeah. Even though I speculated and thought it was a very good chance that Han Solo would die in The Force Awakens, it didn't make it hurt any less. Luke dying in episode eight was a complete surprise to me. I thought he would stick around until at least episode nine. But I did too. I'm you know, I think it is fine to leave some people alive or uh leave the Millennium Falcon around or leave Chewie around. Like especially with Chewie and especially with the Falcon, like there's there's no reason to get rid of those elements. I mean, if they come up with a storyline that they feel like that's the way to go, that's fine. But to me, like, why do that when the Millennium Falcon can be around forever? You could do a Star Wars movie set 100 years after Episode Nine, and they could find the Millennium Falcon, and it could be a thing. You know, we don't know how old Wookiees live to be. Chewie could stick around forever, you know? So, I hope they don't blow up the Millennium Falcon. That'd be I mean, bummer. at the very least, you could just send it off with Chewie. Chewie gets it, <coughs> exits green, right? Like, you can retire it for a little while. That's what, like you can't pull that radar dish thing anymore. Like you've worn it out at this point. It's got to stay away for a minute. I got to say that Diagostini Millennium Falcon that he's talking about building is maybe one of the coolest fucking Star Wars models I've ever seen. If and it's really expensive, but if I felt like I could get that model kit and do it justice as far as the painting and weathering and putting together and had an appropriate place to display it. I would be all over it. I've watched maybe half a dozen YouTube videos about it. It is so badass. You've got to check it out sometime. I want to. All right. So we're going to get to at least a couple of emails before we wrap it up, and then uh, we'll get to the rest of you guys next week. First up, we got a buddy uh, email from our buddy Eddie F. from the Buckethead Podcast. How's it going, Halls and Will? Just got a quick question for you two that we had on the, our podcast and just wanted to see how you guys would answer. If you only had one panel to see at Celebration and it was going to give you an exclusive trailer and the chance to talk to the director, would you pick Episode 9 or The Mandalorian? Keep in mind, you can only pick one. Both Aaron and I picked The Mandalorian for obvious reasons. Just curious what you guys would do. Anyways, as always, keep up the amazing podcast, guys. Your bucket-headed moisture farmer, Eddie F. Thanks, buddy. <sighs> That's a tough one. What's your answer, Will? The Mandalorian. Really? I don't know. You know how excited I am for The Mandalorian. I'm yeah. so excited. But I don't know that I could po pass up the opportunity to see the cast of Episode Nine one last time. Considering it is the last movie in the Skywalker saga. 
and right. have the opportunity to talk to J.J. Abrams, I think I'm going episode nine. As mu- as excited as I am for the Mandalorian, you know, if they show a Mandal- I would want to talk to John Favreau. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, if you know, hopefully Dave Filoni would be there. Yeah, I'll be interested to see because I'm sure they're going to do some sort of panel for the Mandalorian at Celebration. I'll be interested to see who all is going to be there because that that director list is banging. Dave Filoni, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Taika Waititi, um, John Favreau as executive producer. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but she was uh, one of the directors of some episodes of Jessica Jones is one of the directors. Um, um so like man, I used to know they have quite a, a list of talent and then you know the cast as well like not taking anything away from that panel but like I said you know if the Mandalorian is going multiple seasons then I could catch the next Mandalorian panel at the next celebration but this will be my last time to see our fucking saga actors and talk to J.J. Abrams that's why that one wins out for me mm. alright um, let's try to do at least two more next up we got our buddy Rick Villanueva or simply Rick V hi Halls your boy Rick here technically second time writer enter and I have one very quick statement and a question first I've been listening to you guys for just under a year and you provide one of the best Star Wars pods out there don't sell yourself short Next, my question. We've seen a lot of new characters since the canon relaunch. I want to know you think who you think is the best pilot we've seen so far. There's a handful to choose from, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Anyway, look forward to meeting you guys at Celebration. Cheers, and may the Force be with you, Rick. Ah, dude, I'm excited to meet you, buddy. I didn't know. If... That's right. That's right. I believe Rick is the one that wrote in about... Oh, I hope I'm not wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that wrote in about surprising uh, his son with celebration tickets for Christmas and how he could Okay, remember that. Right. Um, I got to say, Poe Dameron. It's an easy... I, I think Poe Dameron is the best. I'm trying to decide whether he's better than Anakin. Well, I, think, I... I think he means in the new oh, canon. Oh, in this trilogy? Well, then, yeah, obviously Poe Dameron. Sorry. I mean, we see him kicking so much ass in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Right. Poe Dameron in an X-Wing are some of my all-time highlights from those two movies. Like, fucking, when Han Solo steps out and he's like, it's the Resistance. And then starts playing that, bum, ba bum, bum. Well, no, that's that's lost music. Fuck. Um, when he starts playing that Sherzo for X-Wings and the X-Wings swoop in and he's loop-de-looping and blowing up con all kinds of fucking tie fighters and finn is all like "Woo, that's one hell of a pilot yep um and then in the last jedi at the beginning when he's fucking hitting the emergency brake on that x-wing and whipping oh that was sick took out the whole deck of guns so on a super carrier fucking sick oh yeah i'm a poe dameron fan doesn't hurt that that fucking Oscar Isaacs is such a smooth operator. <clears throat> All right. We'll do one more email, and then next week, Colton in Utah. Dougie, 
We'll get to you guys. And we have another one from our buddy Rick. Um, this one's from our buddy Johnny. Hey, Halls and Will. Hope all is well with you guys. No doubt you've already talked about the photo from J.J. Abrams, so I'll keep it short. I can't believe they have finished filming. It feels like it's going to it's been going on forever, but it really feels bittersweet knowing that the end of the Skywalker saga is getting closer. And damn, what's got Poe all teared up? It looks like the three of them are reacting to something major. I have no doubt we will get episode 10 through 12 in the future, so it's not all heart-wrenching, but still, no more Skywalkers, which will be a good thing for the galaxy in my humble opinion. Just look at that shit the family has caused. Thanks for all the great content. Cheers, Johnny. You know what I hope? I hope if we do get an episode 10, 11, 12, and Ray, it it continues the story of Ray. I really hope they do it soon enough to have at least one appearance by Force, Force Ghost Luke Skywalker, portrayed by Mark Hamill. Portrayed by one Mark Hamill. You know, like, so they're calling this the end of the Skywalker saga, which I'm fine with. I don't want I don't want it to be the end of the Star Wars saga. Um, I honestly think it would be really cool if 10, 11, 12 is the beginning of a new saga in Star Wars whenever it happens. But I, I also don't think you can pass up the opportunity to have Force Ghost Luke Skywalker appear to Rey or whoever, you know? I just... Yeah. And like I said, I hope they do it soon enough that Mark Hamill can do that. And and who knows? I hope Mark Hamill's with us for another fucking 100 years, man. Like, you know how in um, A New Hope, when they show back up after blowing up the Death Star and fucking R2-D2's all fried up and uh, C-3PO is like, if any of my servos or gears will will help i'll gladly donate them yeah right i would like i would gladly donate any of my servos or gears to mark hamill to help him out if mark hamill was like i need a kidney i'd go to the hospital and be like you gotta check my blood type luke skywalker needs a kidney (laughs) is my is my blood type luke skywalker (laughs) well we ran a test and uh, i'll be damned it came back blood type luke skywalker i didn't even know we had that on file <clears throat> I'd be like, "Will you, su- Luke Skywalker? Will you sign my surgery site so after the surgery I can get your signature tattooed on my back?" I'm gonna get him to stitch me up with your signature. Oh, so my scar is Luke Skywalker's signature. Right. That's a good idea. That's a real good idea, Will. That's why you're my best friend. That's kind of sick. I, I don't like that. That's <laughs> what you consider a good idea. You've known me for. Fuck, dude. Have we known each other 14 years now? I believe, yeah. Yeah. God damn how time flies. God damn how old I am. How? Motherfucker, I'm older than you. Not that much. You realize in literally from today a month, I'm going to be 36. Dude. That's still young. 40 is coming at me like a fucking freight train. I remember when my dad turned 40 being like, damn, my dad is 40 years old. And I got all pissed because my family was giving him a hard time about being 40, being like, lordy, lordy, look who's 40. And like getting him fucking novelty 
birthday cards and stuff. I was like, you guys need to stop picking on my dad. Fuck, I'm about to be that old. Yeah, you are. Dude. I fucking hate my birthday. Dude, you got four years to go before you're that old. Yeah, but we started this podcast four years ago. Like, four years ago in May. And that shit went by real quick. So that means, like, literally, in the blink of an eye, I'm going to be 40. Maybe you're going to be a silver fox. Maybe you'll be better at 40 than you were at 30. I doubt it. Something tells me not. Shit. Well, nothing like a fucking existential crisis to end an episode. Jesus Christ, what a week. My stomach's been killing me all week. I'm going to go drink some... going to hurt you. Yeah, I'm going to go drink some fucking... Pepto's play some Xbox. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. Be 40 in four years. Be 40 in four years. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star iTunes, iTunes review. Uh, it helps us out a ton, gets more eyes on the podcast, and we greatly appreciate it. And, Will, I'm going to hold you to it. In some crazy circumstance where there's a giant Star Wars announcement, we may, may need to record for a couple of minutes tomorrow to add to this episode. Me saying Calm that... Calm down, you know I always... <laughs> Me saying that means it's not going to happen, but just in case. And just anyways, in case. if that doesn't happen, we'll see you next week. This has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.